I want my people to have joy grounded in the love of Christ. That way things can come. So, you know, sadness can come and go. Happiness can come and go. But it's the joy of knowing Jesus. Welcome back to another episode of Open Door Policy. I'm your co-host, Emily Mentock, and I'm joined today by... Father Patrick Gagno. How you doing, Emily? I'm doing great, Father Patrick. How are you? Good. All right. What's the Emily Mentock life update? Any any area you want to choose. Maybe it's, I went for a walk with my husband, or I've been reading the letter to the Romans. Uh, what's going on with you? Oh, wow. That was some great predicting. Romans is actually my favorite book of the I remember Bible. you told me. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Good memory. Uh, new exciting stuff. Okay. So I have to share, I was the, uh, a sign of hope for me that, you know, we're maybe making it to the other side of this pandemic over the weekend, went to my first tigers game as a Detroit resident, which is super awesome. We were excited. We, you know, when we chose our apartment downtown, we loved that it was going to be near to the park. When when we Mm -hmm. signed our lease before the pandemic, we had these dreams of, Oh, in the summer, we'll be Mm -hmm. walking over to games all the time. And then of course, none of that happened last year was so sad. And, you know, questioning all of life's choices in the darkness of the pandemic, (laughs) but this past, weekend we got to go and it was so fun I had a blast and it just really felt like oh this is our dreams are finally coming true for what we thought our life in Detroit would look like and more I mean we also had uh, another just community building activity at St. Aloysius our parish mm-hmm. um af- every third Sunday they have um sandwich making um for their sort of ministry that they do over there and they invite people to come and help make PBJs. And so we walked over um, to the parish office after mass on Sunday and um, it just felt safe and fun. There was a great group there. We made a bunch of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches um, for the the people who stopped by St. Al's and the different services that they do. So that was really fun. Just a great community filled weekend doing activities that, you know, a year ago were nowhere in sight. So that was a great joy. Praise the Lord. Hey, uh, you know, when you when you go out with the, the with the PB and J ministry, um, that like tell us more about that. Like, what's your what's been your experience of that? Well, I haven't actually given them out yet, but it was. I but mean, but I like mean, preparing. other than the person, yeah. So it's been great to see. We know what something we love about our parish is how they there is such a focus on serving the community. You know, Father Mario likes to talk about it being everybody's church in downtown Detroit, and. I've just loved the sense of welcome, not only to us as new, you know, young adult Catholic residents in the neighborhood, but also the way that any, like whoever walks in the door, whether Mm -hmm. it's a person who's experiencing homelessness, like is always welcome. And then even welcome to come over and help make the sandwiches or get one. Mm And, um, and every time that I've been, I think over in the, like the parish office next to the church, that if there's somebody kind of lingering outside father Mario or Beth will go and say, Hey, can I help you? Can we get you anything? And It's just been something that's important because I don't, you can't live in probably anywhere in the world, but especially in downtown Mm. Detroit and just ignore some of the people, some of the other people who live there, um, Mm -hmm. maybe who are experiencing homelessness or things like that. So I love that they see that as an integral part of our parish community. And that was really great to be part of. And it's just fun to make PBJ. (laughs) That's right. Remember St. Teresa Calcutta said, uh, you know, she spoke of Christ in the distressing disguise of frail humanity. Christ mm-hmm. in the distressing disguise of frail humanity. So the, the people we see on the street and uh, if we can just love them and, and trust that in some way we're caring for Jesus, that that right there keeps keeps the flow of grace going beautifully in our lives. Thanks for sharing that, Emily. One more quick question. Yeah. Um, Comerica Park. Oh, I'm turning it in. Yes, friends. It has finally come. The Emily Mentock episode. No, we're not there yet, but we'll get there soon. <laughs> hey, what did you eat at the ballpark? Everybody likes to eat something at the ballpark. 
Okay. So this is, this is uh, a funny one. So obviously I have limited choices, right? Because, um, because I don't eat meat or dairy and things like that at the ballpark. So we did have a couple of beers, which was fun. Nice to just be outside in the warm mm-hmm. weather, having some beers on Saturday evening, but also I, um, determined that the best option for me. So I've gone to Comerica in the past and there's usually like this nacho kind of, or not nacho, mm-hmm. like a fajitas mm-hmm. place. And I could get like a vegetarian thing, but that wasn't open. Cause it's not fully open yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so I decided the, the next safest thing was to get actual nachos because there's no way that's real dairy. (laughs) And so it was like kind of meeting my (laughs) vegan standards, um, as a dinner, I ate ahead of time before we went in. Um, but I actually will usually eat like one hot dog a year at a baseball game just because part of the experience, you know, they're so delicious. Well, I have, uh, something really awesome to share. Um, yes. So, uh, two quick updates. The first one is maybe Ron can make this happen uh, and, and overlay it, but a, a tradition in Detroit with the Detroit Tigers, one of the coolest traditions for decades, Ernie Harwell, the famous Ernie Har- Harwell, when spring would come, he would actually read on the air from Song of Songs, chapter two. He'd say, arise, my beloved, my beautiful one, and come. Lo, the winter is past, the rain is over and gone. The flowers appear on the earth, the time of the singing of birds is come, and the voice of the turtle is heard in our land. Play ball! Oh my gosh, I've never heard heard that. that. Oh, he would do it. It was awesome. And one other quick update is um, uh, we got good news, bad news, and good news about our big Notre Dame plans. So I'm I'm not letting those go. I mean, Ron and I got our pop-up tents. We're going to, whatever we got to do, we're going to do it. Okay, the good news. I think other people want to come on this road trip. So we'll see what happens. It'd be so cool to do some open-door policy down in South Bend and maybe yes. uh, so during some tailgating, we'll see what happens. Um, bad news, we were shooting for it. I was asking a friend to see if we, she could work out help having a healing service at the Basilica of the Sacred Heart. Didn't oh quite gosh. work out. That's the bad oh, news. No. Good news, there, this friend has a parish in South Bend, Indiana that most likely would host something on Friday night. So it would be an awesome ministry weekend. So stay posted friends. And what if we even got, what if we even got some friends to come on down a little Detroit contingent, contingent, maybe Emily Mentock, you know, somebody who could give us a tour of the campus and stuff like that. So oh, Patrick, I can give you a tour of the campus. I basically grew up on that campus. <laughs> oh, awesome. Praise the Lord. Oh, Hey, that maybe, would there's be awesome. a, maybe, maybe, maybe Ron can break out the tour bus. Ron had a, a musical pass folks. So, <laughs> all right, everybody out there, just say a prayer. We'll, we'll give you an update uh, to come. Maybe a little South Bend fund is coming open door policies and yours way, but with no further ado, there is this priest. I got to introduce Yeah, we have guest. a, we do have a guest on this podcast He's today. in the green room. Like, would you forget about me? No, Father Jacob Van Ash is absolutely awesome. I mean it from the bottom of my heart. He is the administrator at St. Damien of Molokai. He speaks beautiful Spanish. These days, he's living out his life as a joyful missionary disciple, as a Catholic priest, pastoring the people of Pontiac. He loves seeing the hunger for God in his parish, and the holiness of his community makes him want to grow in holiness himself. Three fun facts about Father Jake. He likes to shoot sporting clays, and he likes learning about woodworking, and this is wild. He's a great uncle, and he's only like 30-something, I think. But with no further ado, welcome, Father Jake Van Ash. Woo-woo! Well, thank you so much, Father Patrick. Thank you, Emily. It was a wonderful introduction. Yeah, I, um, I hear in Pontiac, great Pontiac, Michigan, um, hearing those fun facts. I was thinking, what, what, what were those fun facts I shared again? I was like, oh, yes, 
Oh, sporting clays. That's right. Oh, and that's, that's right. Uh, woodworking, which in both of those, believe it or not, I'm not good at. I'm, uh, <laughs> you still um, have all I your just, fingers. I, I was actually, well, most of <laughs> um, No, uh, and I actually was in a league uh, this winter for, for sporting clays. And my uh, uh, friend of mine uh, and I, we were, uh, Francisco, we were, there's just something to do on my day off or something like that. Uh, we came in last place in our in our uh, division, but you know, and that's that's a good sign. It means I'm I'm spending most of my time at the parish. That's good, and awesome. woodworking, not so much. But hopefully, I'm a I'm a decent uncle, I suppose. Mm. And a, a, yes, great a great uncle. uncle yeah, yeah. So I just turned 32 years old, and so you start thinking like, are you? You're mm-hmm. not old enough to be a grandpa or anything like that, a grand uncle, if you will. But um, no, I'm I'm the youngest actually of nine so I have oh. uh, five sisters and uh, three brothers and they all have like a ton of kids <laughs> and so I've got about 30 nieces and nephews um, and so yeah my 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 great niece was just born a, a few weeks ago and I just oh. heard I just heard there's going to be another one on the way from another one of my nephews I oh just my celebrated gosh. his wedding celebrated his wedding back in August and they're going to be expected so really excited well, congratulations to yeah, them. That's got to be fun with all those over. kids around. Praise the Lord. That's great. No, well, Father Jake, thanks so much for joining us yeah. today. Um, would love to, you know, maybe in hearing about your different siblings and stuff, we want to know what your life was like growing up as, you know, where you, did you grow up Catholic? Where, when did you start feeling like you had encountered Christ or a joyful missionary disciple? What was your life like kind of growing up as the youngest of nine? Okay. Yeah. I, um, you can imagine uh, a family of nine. It was pretty boring and it was pretty quiet growing up. Uh, <laughs> no, it was, it was crazy. Uh, I mean, we, we shared rooms until I was, gosh, until the last one moved out. I was uh, finally I at the end, 14. you got your own room. <laughs> and it was like, yes, finally. And then I was like, hello, where'd everybody go? It was like, you know, so it was, uh, no, it was great. I grew up in Romulus, Michigan. Um, I went to school in Romulus schools, K through 12. Um, yep. I, I, I grew there. So I was, I always had like older siblings. My oldest sibling is 21 years older than me. And so it's like, that's why, yeah, I've got older nephews now. And, and so it's, it's been a great blessing to have such a family that, um, right now, I think I'm the one that lives farthest away out of my brothers and sisters from from my parents' house oh, right wow. now. Oh, wow. Everyone stayed and close. They all, they're all right there. And it's like you go and visit at home and everybody shows up and it's just always a party. There's always some kind of baptism wow. party. There's, you know, there's always something, a birthday party. Um, but no, yeah. So I grew up in Romulus, Michigan. Um, um, we grew up as, as a strong Catholic family. We basically, we went to, we went to mass every week. Um, and I, I always tell my confirmation students, like, you think going to mass is so tough every week. It's like my mom, I was like, I was like, I had to walk up to school. I had to walk to school uphill both ways, 20 miles. No. Oh, no. <laughs> but, but no, I think about like my mom and my dad who had to get nine kids ready for mass. Mm. And we went to the seven 30 morning mass, uh, every Sunday. Um, that's early which, for me <laughs> and for the rest of the world as well. Um, (laughs) but um but no it was it was it was something that was just instilled into us and our family that 
the faith is something important that um, that Sunday was always meant to be the day we start off with the Lord. We, it's a day, it's the day of the Lord. And so even though I maybe didn't know, I did not always appreciate, not maybe I did not always appreciate getting up early um, and being, being an altar boy and, and, and serving mass, you know, all those years. And, um, but then uh, it, it really instilled something though, into me though, an importance. And I think, I think a reverence, right. For, for the Lord and, and uh, a love for God. So, Mm. Um, so yeah, my, my faith journey was, it was basically, it was interesting for a while there. I thinking about being called to the priesthood through all of that stuff and, and just trying to find my way, my, my own love for God, you know, in the midst of all. So, yes. So when I, you're going up and watching your siblings, your older siblings start to get married and have families, um, what was it like for you to start thinking about the priesthood? You mentioned you're an altar, so you're serving mass. And I've always heard that, you know, that's one important way to get like, uh, boys thinking about the priesthood. So when did that, when, do you remember the first moment you thought, Hmm, maybe I'm called to the priesthood? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I, I was the altar server, I think at all of my siblings weddings. Um, (laughs) but, um, but no, I, I believe it or not, it was my first couple of weeks serving, at mass, I was probably seven or eight years old. I just received first communion and I was so excited. I got to be, finally, I got to be an altar server and, and serve mass and to be close, you know, you know, at the heart of the scene here, like what's going on here. Mm-hmm. And I remember Father Weitrell, uh, he was an, a real short little old priest and, uh, and just a friend of our family. And he, he asked me, he's like, he said, Jake, what do you want to be when you get older wow. someday? And I said, Oh, father, I, I you know, I, I want to work construction probably with my dad. You know, we had a construct Van Ash construction. I was like, I want to work construction with dad. He's like, you're gonna make a fine priest. Awesome. Aww, wow. Like, well, <laughs> <laughs> I again I don't think it was respect at that point, but I think it did plant a seed that I was like, oh yeah, like yeah, where do priests come from? Like, how does that work? And yeah priests have to come from somewhere. They don't just like fall out of the sky from heaven. Like, <laughs> you know, so I, I, even though like, I can't say like from that point on, I knew mm. I was going to be a priest, but something I think important was, was started there that knowing that the possibility for priesthood uh, was there and that, but yeah. And I saw, I remember seeing father white He was always a sarcastic young, young man. I was like, Oh, I guess, you know, he's kind of old. I, I've never <laughs> seen a young priest before. So it's like, oh, no. yeah, where do priests come from? So it made it a possibility for me, even at that, at that young age, man, Jake, that's inspiring, especially uh, that your, your parents right out of the gate. And it, I, I had to flip really quick to Matthew 28 after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. I just think that's awesome about your mom and your dad starting the Lord's day, starting the Lord's day, uh, with with the lord and, and mass that's awesome man the morning of the resurrection hey i gotta yeah. ask you they, they father patrick they also had an eleven thirty mass we could have gone to yeah i was gonna say fine. i start i start the lord's day at 11 a.m mass on sunday oh man i'm more awake for the 11 a.m sorry everybody at the 9 a.m but anyways uh, so sorry. hey uh jay gotta ask you those seeds planted uh the faith uh, you know and then you serving and, and having that seed planted as a 
as a, as a boy to consider the priesthood, uh, take us down the line, like maybe into your high school teen years. Like when, you know, when did that seed start to bloom more, your call to become a priest? Well, it, it definitely, I think that seed was planted at first on, on rocky ground um, or even in the midst of thorns. Um, because for a while there that, even though it was there, my, my heart itself quite wasn't ready for it to receive the gift. Mm. Um, you know, and so I, I think even going on, we were very dedicated and, and served the Lord uh, every week and in those very formal ways in the liturgical ways. And which I, I, I love to this day, love to celebrate mm. mass, but throughout high, throughout high school, I have to say that I, it was like the last thing I want to do. I, I was one of very few Catholics in my high school. And so being even Catholic or openly Christian was something that I didn't always feel comfortable with. Or I was even, I'd say there were times I felt embarrassed, like, mm. like, well, all my friends, they don't have to go to church at seven 30 in the morning. Like, why do I? And so there's a little rebellion within me there. Like as I grew up and just kind of distance, like, I don't want to have anything to do with this. I don't, uh, you know, this is nice and everything like that, but look at all my friends, like they seem to be fine. And so, so throughout high school and even junior high, high school, um, I played a little football then uh, early on. Um, but then I, 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 I really, I, I started getting more into a little bit of a um, jokester, if you can imagine. I, I was a little bit of a, a, a class clown, uh, <laughs> possibly, possibly imagine. I was always talking in class and talking over the other kids and getting in trouble, said to detention and um, and I just, just kind of, I had this inquiry, this, 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 um, this, I don't know, there was a, an, an anxiousness there, mm. uh, a, a, a searching, I think. And, and I look at it back at it now and I see, well, no, my heart was really looking for an acceptance, was wanting to be, to belong. And so I was looking at even high school, like what group am I a part of? What group am I a part of? Am I a part of this group? Mm -hmm. Am I a part of this group? And it really wasn't a place for me. And I, I got into a little trouble here and there. I would, um, yeah, we partied a little bit there, sure. um, but went off the beaten path. But it was about 16, 17 years old. I did have, a, I, I don't want to make it sound like I had a moment and I, the heavens, you know, opened up, but uh, in a real way, uh, my heart, I recognized a sadness, a, a certain heaviness. And I'm like, well, I'm trying to fit in. I want to get all these other people to like me. I'm trying to get everybody to, um, you know, admire me. Or I want to be accepted by all of these other people, but I still don't feel like I belong. I want their acceptance and I want everybody to like me. And, and it was almost as if like, I didn't think this at the time, but later on meditating on like, it was like God saying, don't worry so much mm. about who likes you or who accepts you. I accept you. And I'm more than like you. I love you. Amen. I love you. And it was something I, I don't know, in a prayer and, and recognizing how much that what my parents had been taking us to and what did all these things mean? And I don't know, the faith, I don't want to say like, is this like, like, you know, there wasn't a complete change. Like there wasn't, I, I still was kind of a hard headed uh, clown, um, but at least a, a converted hard headed clown, you know, and I started <laughs> And I, st I started to allow the Lord to remove some of those, that thorniness along that path. And that, that stony ground started to, to, to really become more receptive then to his grace and his 
movements there. So yeah, I was about 16, 17 years wow. old. I, I think I was, believe it or not, I'm gonna keep talking. Okay, I'll, I'm gonna, I'm gonna hold this here for two hours. You gave me, hello, no, don't no. cut me off. <laughs> no, no, I won't, I won't. No, this is gonna be my, uh, my Butler's Lives of the Saints book. Um, but no, but there was, I was actually, I was suspended from high school. Wow, uh, I had, thanks for I had sharing two, it. Yeah, two, three day suspension or so. I don't even remember what it was for at this point. I've been wow. suspended a few times here and there. Sure. Silly things. Um, but I remember my my day was spent. I was splitting firewood. Um, and yeah, I, I remember where I was. I, I, I just, I finally said a prayer like, God, I'm not happy. Wow. I'm not happy here. And so what's going on? Do you, what's your plan here? And there was, uh, there was like a peace there that I hadn't experienced that no matter what group of friends I tried getting along with or tried to, to be a part of that I realized I was a part of something much bigger. That's incredible, but, man. Yeah. Wow. I got the sense of like when you were sharing that, Jake, of, of, of somebody listening to this podcast and taking it and offering their teenage son or daughter like, hey, just just listen to like these six minutes of Father Jake's testimony because it's so powerful hearing as a, as a teenager how the Lord broke through in your heart. And I love that prayer, man. I mean, you could just outside split in the wood and I could picture a parent saying, just, just go outside and just talk to the Lord for a little bit, see what happens. It definitely. I was, it was something beautiful, beautiful grace moment in life there and going to mass then man. didn't make it easier getting up at seven 30 in the morning, <laughs> you <Yeah>. know, <laughs> takes well, a lot of grace say, for that. It, it made it easier. I suppose I understood it a little bit more but no, like it, grace builds on nature. So like, right. so now my nature still needs to catch up a little bit. So, so awesome. I, one of my favorite parts of the letter is like when it actually describes, and I think it's like guidepost nine and talking about an encounter, girl witness and encounter. And I just love that. It's like, when you have encountered Christ, your life is changed forever. I just, I love that part. Um, and then, yeah, the grace builds over time. But I, when you're experiencing that as a teenager, like, what did you do? Did you, did you talk to your parents about it? Is that, did you feel you had people to talk to about it? Or have you just like, you know, sort of pondered these things in your heart and they're coming out with breaking news for the first time here. How did you respond to that sort of moment of feeling God's grace while you were chopping wood or that encounter of, of knowing you were loved and kind of realizing it for the first time? Yeah, thank you. I mean, that was, it's a great question. I, I believe it or not, I'm as I talk a lot and everything like that, but I'm actually pretty reserved. I'm actually pretty um, private, if you will. Like I don't, um, you know, I tell some people, I, I'm, I'm still nervous talking in front of people. I'm like, you're in the wrong position here. But, um, but no, I believe it or not. I, so I, I really, at that time, I did not uh, open that up. And even like, I went back to school and like, like I started telling my friends, like, no, I don't like, I'm, I'm, it's not my thing anymore. Like, no, I'm not going to go drinking with you guys today or, you know, or we're not going to go to that party or whatever. Just, they just kind of noticed like there was something different, but I never really opened it up or even with my parents, I, I never really opened up, but there was a very powerful moment of, I needed to go to confession. Um, I knew like, I, I, I think I grew a lot in the faith. I, I think I had things maybe a little out of order in my own life. Like I knew a lot about church stuff. You know, my family just, you just receive it by osmosis, I suppose, to, when the faith is being lived. Um, but I had been avoiding that encounter. And so now it's kind of like, okay, now I've encountered something new here, something real. And I continued to encounter a, a new, but it's like, I knew I had 
I, I needed a renewal here. I needed to go and confess. And so I did. I, I, um, I, I didn't think I, I was like, at the time I look back at it now as a priest and I laugh at it like, oh, yeah, young, young Jake. Uh, uh, like I was like, I can't possibly go tell Father Whitetraw. Like he's never heard these things before. <laughs> <laughs> he's only a priest for 50 years. But right. <laughs> uh, now I laugh at it, realize like, oh, geez, after five days, you don't hear anything. <laughs> but, um, but it was something beautiful that I, I went and I encountered uh, the mercy of the Lord as well, this great divine mercy in the sacrament of reconciliation. And, and so that's what, that was a place where I really opened up my heart and I was able to share and, and it re- continued to grow. It continued to be nourished, even though I didn't share about it. I didn't right away share about that with even family or friends. They noticed, everybody kind of noticed there was something oh, odd. Wow. There was something different mm-hmm. or like, He's not complaining about going to church or no, he's going to like church now on Tuesdays. Um, he's teaching catechism. Well, you know, community service hours, I suppose that count. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but, uh, but no, it was, it was a, there was a time there where I just, I I don't know. I rested in the Lord in those, in those years, um, that I I still kind of fought up against things, but it was, it was a growing, it was a growing and encountering, uh, uh, joy pure joy that's awesome brother and one of the things that you would you would uh we we give everybody a couple of questions before that they answer a few days before jumping on the program and uh you know one of the things that you had put uh about being a joyful missionary disciple is uh i love being rooted in the love of christ and inviting others into that divine love inviting others into that divine love and as you share your own testimony about confession i i could just picture uh people experiencing that divine love through you as a confessor Hey, uh, love to ask us this question. So, as you're as you're witnessing to the Lord as a priest, as you as you're a pastor in, in Pontiac, as you teach and you preach, um, what's what's your dream these days, Father Jake Van Ash? Like, what's the dream on your heart these days as you serve the Lord as a priest? That people go to heaven. All right. <laughs> that no, I, I really, uh, I mean that. You know, you mentioned the how. What, it mean, what does it mean to be a joyful missionary disciple, to be rooted in the love of Christ that I, I see my parishioners and they, they urge me on to be a holier man. I, I look out there and I see like, you know, how much more needs to grow and how much more needs to happen. But I look out and they want to be holier for me. Now I want to be holier for them. There's this beautiful exchange there. Yeah. And, and, and I don't know. So what do I want for them? I want them to know joy. I want them to, because joy uh, is being rooted in the love of Christ. I, I actually I had to give this on a, I think it was it was either Gaudete or, or Leitare. I don't I don't remember which. Uh, one of those pink uh, it was, Sundays. It was the pink Sundays. I don't, it was it was the Advent one, um, and and I had to preach at all the masses of Saint Anastasia, and I had to preach on Jesus our joy, mm. and well that Saturday morning. Um, I, I had to, I had to preach a, a funeral um, for a man who who died young, who left behind three small children, and that very night I had to preach on Jesus our joy, and I was like, mm. am I a hypocrite here? Am I a hypocrite in sharing this? Like, Jesus our joy. Well, I'm really sad actually right now. Mm. It actually drained me. I felt mm. out of it. I was like, well, no, because. Happiness comes and goes. 
sadness comes and goes, mm. you know, and I realize like, you no, know, happiness is like what an inch deep and an inch wide, they say, and mm. joy is like a mile deep and a mile wide when it's rooted mm. in the love of Christ. Amen. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I want my people to have joy grounded in the love of Christ. Yeah. That way things can come, yeah. so, you know, sadness can come and go. Happiness mm-hmm. can come and go, mm-hmm. but it's the joy of knowing Jesus. So it's so beautiful to hear you talk about joy now because you had shared with you just shared with us the story that when you were chopping wood your prayer to god was that you weren't happy that you didn't like feel like you had a place and so um how amazing that now you are witnessing to the joy that you have found in realizing that you are loved by god and how what a gift to your parish that you're trying to share that joy with others as well um is there what what do you do to do that obviously you're preaching being there but are there some exciting things going on at your parish that you're especially passionate about that you bring um sort of as the administrator there where you're trying to build joy i've, I've talked about how you know at my parish at the start of the podcast like we're I think parishes have different, you know, charisms and things that they have going on. I love that we try to be very welcoming, not that we're not joyful, but try to be very welcoming. But what are some of the things you do for, to bring joy to your parishioners, especially other young people at your parish? Yeah. Uh, I love my parish so much. I, uh, it was my first assignment actually six years ago, uh, as associate pastor. And I just came back last July <clears throat> now to, to serve, to serve again now in a different role. Mm. Um, but it's it's such a it's a vibrant it's bilingual it's it's wild, but we, we've been trying these new things and and the pandemic has given us a chance to just let's try it and see if it works like let's stay safe and everything like that and stay distant and all that, all that stuff but let's try some new stuff here and and so the first thing was well the the outdoor confessions weren't working anymore because I was getting cold standing out there and so. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Father Grayson and I, we were talking about this, like, what are we going to do here to, for confessions for the winter? And so as we were praying about this, this idea of having these things every Friday night, we call them mercy nights, mm-hmm. nights of mercy, noches de misericordia. Nice. And it's, bi- it's bilingual. It's, it's because, well, there's really no speaking. It's encountering the Lord's mercy. But we've been placing the blessed sacrament out, just like up on the high altar, put a picture of the divine mercy both priests in confession every night. Right a little, there's a little music going. It's dark in the church, except right on the altar. Awesome. And there's something really powerful about that. People, we had been going probably from, I'm guessing, like maybe 10 confessions every week on the normal time to now meet just one priest. Sometimes I can have up to 30 just by myself. Praise God. Um, wow. And so it's been an incredible response. People just coming to pray, not even going to confession, but just coming to pray. So we see that it's kind of taken care of the heart. And then on Monday nights, we've been doing this thing called faith nights, taking care of the mind. Um, whereas we've been, it's been a catechesis, a, a parish catechesis. So I don't know. I don't, which ways are we trying, trying to instill joy? Well, live in the faith because the faith <laughs> is joyful. And faith nights, mercy nights, whatever nights just come to mass and then experience the love of God, you know, because the faith is something joyful. That's awesome. Hey, Jake, uh, father, Jake, sorry, that, ha- that happens when we're, you know, <sighs> when you're yeah, together, <laughs> right. Uh, it, a classic quote from unleash the gospel, uh, the joy of the gospel marker 8.1 when the archbishop wrote, unless we manifest to others, the joy that is ours from having found the pearl of great price, and from being sure of the gospel's invincible power, 
we will not attract others to listen to the good news. So I, I really appreciate what you shared about desiring that your people, yes, would be on the trajectory toward the kingdom of heaven and that they would have joy. And this whole gift from Pope Francis, the joy of the gospel and our, our incarnation of it in our archdiocese of unleash, unleash the gospel, we've, we're so blessed in these days to discover that like joy is one of the key ingredients to be being an, an, effective, um, an effective evangelizer. And Father Jake, as long as I've known you, like God is from the seminary, just giving you a great joy. And uh, I wanted to ask you, brother, you know, what is it that you do in your own life to continue to, as, as an administrator, I'm sure you have ups and downs and things that just like splitting headache issues that pop up. But what do you, what do you do in your life? Two questions really quick Two, What do you do in your life to keep drinking from the well that gives you joy? And what would you say that parishioners can do to assist their priests? So, you know, if, if the priest needs a little pick-me-up, um, yeah, over to you, Father Jake. For sure. There are some days that, you know, especially as getting into more administrative things and uh, you start the day-to-days and you start seeing the task at hand sometimes, it's easy to take your eye off the prize. You take your eye off that great pearl that's been received and you can get, get into like a little down and like, but then there's still something there like, no, but my joy is rooted in Christ. So there might be days where I'm kind of down. I'd say, I have to say the, the number uh, what we've already talked about is I still go to confession regularly. Yeah. I, I, I still, I, I have to go before the Lord and the blessed sacrament and, and, uh, and still on that path to, 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 to conversion, I, this path of conversion that, like I said, it didn't just like, well, well that, kid was chopping wood back there splitting firewood um you know it didn't just magically happen but but no i i suppose confession eucharist celebrating mass every day has been i love i'm gonna go and i'm, I'm gonna, here's another hour thing i love mass i love <laughs> Come mass. On. I love the eucharist yes. and um so confession uh eucharist eucharistic adoration uh, just it keeps me grounded it keeps me uh, satiated it keeps me um I, I definitely say, and of, of course, uh, the cause of our joy, Our Lady, spouse of the Holy Spirit, cause yes. of our joy, the Blessed Mother, you know, she's, she's wonderful. It's like, uh, in, in Spanish, I'll say, you know, we don't feel it sometimes. We don't know, know what joy means. Say, Madre mía, muéstrame alegría. Mother Mary, show me joy. <laughs> I yes. love it. Say it it, just, again. Sounds cool. it say. just sounds cooler. It sounds cooler in Spanish. It does. Uh, mad- Madre mía, muéstrame alegría. All right, one more time. And everybody at home, you got a prayer for the rest of the day. One more time, Padre. Madre mía, muéstrame alegría. I love it. <laughs> Mother Mary, show me joy. Now, the folks are seeing like, man, my, my priest looks like he's dragging a little bit. Maybe, what, what would you recommend? Like, how can, how can prisoners help to, you know, just lift that priest up? Yeah, change the pronoun. Madre mía, muéstralo ma- alegría. <laughs> yeah. Mother Mary, show him joy. Show him, Bam. yes. <laughs> um, no, I, 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 you know, if, if a priest is, is, is kind of down, like, I don't know, my parishioners, they see me sometimes. I, I, I move fast. If you can imagine, I talk fast. I, mm. I, 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 I walk around the church like this sometimes, and every once in a while, they, they're great about just like, Father, we're praying for you. Awesome. We love you. We love you. And it's just like, thank you for everything you're doing. I'm like, oh, 
Thank mm-hmm. you. I needed to hear that today. But awesome. so, but yeah, and if sometimes you don't feel like I can't go up to my priest and tell him that I can't go up to father. Like that's like, no, he's going to like not understand. Well, we always have connection to the Lord and be able to say, yeah, mother Mary, show him joy. Amen. You know, Lord, like put a spark in his heart. Like, you know, and, and especially like I say, at mass, like is that my vocation was really fostered yes. during mass and the, the Eucharist. Uh, to pray for pray for priests at every mass that our hearts may always have a love for the Eucharist. Beautiful. Thanks so much, Father Jake. I want to make two mm-hmm. quick comments. One, thanks for sharing that that you go to confession regularly. I love when priests say that because uh, there, you know, there's always this perception. You guys are you're so holy. You're so much better better than the rest of us. But no, it's the reminder that you know even priests who are going to daily mass and and have your you know your daily prayer routine that. Um, you're going to confession. It's something that we can all do. And I, I just appreciate you, uh, reminding us of that, that those things of, uh, being close to Mary confession, mass adoration, and it's something that, that all of us can do priest, laity, everyone. Um, and then my other comment is just that, you know, it's also a great reminder to hear from you that, you know, your priests are never too busy to hear you be thankful for them or let them know oh, that you we're praying for them. Cause I think it's like, Oh, I can't, I can't bother him just to even say, thank you. Or to say great homily today because he's so busy. He's got to talk to other people, but, um, maybe I'll make a point to do that this weekend. We get a chance because I'm it's just, thanks for the reminder from both of you guys that, um, priests need support of their parishioners too. And it's a community it's relational. It goes both ways and we know you're praying for us. And so just to remember to pray for you guys, um, something that I think all of our listeners can take away our, the, when this episode comes out, our priests will be feeling extra love the weekend following. So thanks so much, father Jake, for, for sharing your story, your beautiful story for your own joy. Um, and, uh, for this great reminder for our audience as well, would you mind closing us in prayer, please? Absolutely. Absolutely. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Father, we thank you for uh, calling us here together for this, uh, this beautiful conversation, this conversation of grace, this conversation of joy. Lord God, I ask you that uh, whoever listens to these words, whoever is listening, even for it's a, if it's a minute or two, may it, Lord, inspire their hearts to greater love for you, that they may recognize in you the joy of their lives. Mm-hmm. And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, cause of our joy, spouse of the Holy Spirit. May Almighty God bless all of us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Woo, slam dunk. Woo. Thanks for listening to another episode of Open Door Policy, where we hear different stories of joyful missionary disciples like Father Jake in Southeast Michigan and how they encounter, grow, and witness in their love of Christ in so many different and beautiful ways. You can find more episodes at unleashthegospel.org forward slash podcast or on Spotify, Google, Amazon Music, wherever you get your podcasts. See you next time. God bless you, friends. Go Pontiac.